1: acast.
2: They are known for playing world-renowned and critically acclaimed musicals and plays. But stay after curtain call, and you might see something spooky on stage as well. We're back again with another episode of Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding. And in this episode, we're exploring haunted theatres. A lot of the theatres in the UK are hundreds of years old, so it's no wonder that paranormal activity is often associated with these establishments. Late actors, playwrights, and managers roam the halls of these buildings. Could they just be sticking around to enjoy the show? Now, I've been extremely lucky to have had the opportunity to investigate a large amount of theatres in the UK. The most famous has, of course, got to be the Theatre Royal Drury Lane in London. I remember when we got the phone call to say that, yes, we could spend the night there investigating its ghosts. I was beside myself with excitement and a little bit nervous as well. Not only was the theatre allegedly the most haunted theatre in the world, but my paranormal hero, Harry Price, had investigated the theatre too. I wonder how many of you have sat in a theatre and been completely alone. It's quite spooky, isn't it? I think any location that is normally filled with the sounds of laughter, music and applause to then suddenly be plunged into complete silence is somewhat a little daunting. That's what happened to me and my Most Haunted team the day we arrived to film for an episode uh, of our very first series of the show. Gosh, that seems a lifetime ago. The Theatre Royal in Drury Lane is the oldest in London and the original site dates back to 1661 where it began life uh, as a theatre. The building you see today dates back to 1812. I think there were about three fires uh, in between those dates. Um, so as you can imagine, it's safe to say that there has been thousands and thousands of productions housed uh, on the stage. It's, it's seen many a star come and go. So who haunts this famous building and why is it reputed to be the most haunted theatre in the world? I suppose it's the regularity of activity that has been witnessed on nearly a daily basis. The ghost of the man in grey is the most famous apparition and I believe that I saw his legs more of that later. The Man in Grey has been seen so many times and regularly, but the most fascinating is when, in 1939, half the cast of a show called The Dancing Years were all positioned on the stage to have a photo call. All at the same time, they watched as a tall man dressed in grey 18th century clothing walked along between the seats in the upper circle and then vanished slowly into the wall. So how can all those people see the same apparition and all at the same time? Cynics and sceptics cannot possibly believe that all those people imagined it and that they all made it up. Some sceptics and scientists have actually When discussing this particular case with the the ghost of the grey man have said that perhaps there were very high levels of emf readings in the theatre and that could have messed with the human brain uh, and a group of people all at the same time would have hallucinated the same thing i find that even more hard to believe than actually seeing a ghost Another famous ghost uh, at the theatre is that of Joseph Grimaldi. Now, he was the first known clown in the UK known as the father of the clowns. He made the made up face of the clown famous today. Now, Joseph was a very, very fit man and he had to be, as in his act it included tumbling and acrobatics. Now, he would perform on stage at the Theatre Royal, finish his act and then run over to the Sadler's Wells Theatre and perform all over again on that stage to a packed-out audience. Joseph was a thoroughly dedicated artist, but sadly, he didn't live to a ripe old age. He died when he was 58, and many actors since his death have felt his presence on stage with them. In fact, if the ghost of Mr Grimaldi isn't happy with your performance, he's known, give his victim a right kick up the bum. There is also a ghost that isn't seen, but smelt and has been nicknamed the Lavender Lady. Now, some people think that this smell is associated with a ghost of a pantomime dame named Dan Leno. He performed at the theatre at least on 20 occasions and he sadly died in 1904. And since then, reports of seeing his ghost and smelling his scent of lavender and poltergeist activity is said to be caused in the backstage areas and dressing rooms by the old pantomime dame. Perhaps he's enjoying the comedy and playing pranks on poor, unsuspecting, resting actors. One such actor quite recently told a reporter that his TV set kept changing channels of its own accord. Fine, maybe a nuisance, but when you're all on your own at the end of a performance, suddenly the whole theatre becomes very spooky and the TV channels changing on their own suddenly takes on a new meaning. I'll be out of there quick as a flash. Actors are particularly superstitious and the majority of the ones that I'm lucky enough to know really believe in the paranormal and nearly all of them have had a spooky encounter in the theatre. I suppose Shakespeare didn't help as with his Scottish play Macbeth he actually took real curses and wrote them into his play. I had no idea he did that but apparently they were real curses When the play was first produced on the stage, the whole event was plagued by bad luck. So now, when you're in a theatre and you dare utter the word Macbeth, there are certain rituals the actor has to do to reverse the curse. You have to leave the room, turn around three times, spit onto the floor and then ask permission to come back into the room. Or the actor can just quote from Hamlet... And these are the words that you must quote if you happen to be in a theatre acting in a play and say the word Macbeth. Angels of grace defend us. Well, that might do the trick then, eh? So, what of my investigation into the Theatre Royal Drury Lane? What happened? Well, it's certainly up there with one of the most memorable, I can tell you. I remember we had the theatre to ourselves. I think the actual play that was going on at the time was My Fair Lady. And we had to wait for, obviously, the performance to finish and everybody to leave. And then we were locked in. We were actually given the keys and we locked ourselves in and we knew that we were the only people there. And I remember sitting in the stalls with another team member. It was pitch black and I could only just make out the stage. However, with my night vision camera, I could see the seats in front of me and the stage safety curtain. It was such an eerie sight to see. There we were in complete darkness and I panned my camera around and there was nothing there. Just empty seats, empty seats. And as I was panning around, I was thinking, I don't want to see anybody sitting in those seats in front of me. That would just really freak me out. But at the same time, I wanted it. It wasn't long before we started to get very cold, freezing in fact, which was bizarre as there were no windows or doors open. Then I remember feeling an icy blast of cold air being blown forcibly in my ear. That quick, unexplained action really frightened me because I know without doubt that we were not alone. After I called out to the alleged spirits in the theatre, myself and my colleague heard whispering behind us. It's a shame as we couldn't make out what was being said, but it was definitely there. Then after a short break, myself, Carl and two other crew members were walking down a corridor on the upper circle, heading towards the main staircase. Carl wanted to get a long shot of us walking, so we were ahead of him and he was at the far end, furthest away from the main staircase. Then, I'll never forget it. Legs. All at the same time, three of us saw a pair of legs. It was incredible. I can only describe them as a pair of legs that were walking up the stairs towards us and they were moving slowly up the stairs. No body attached to them. And it was like these legs were wearing what I can only describe as old-fashioned Dick Turpin boots. It was like um, looking at uh, an image on a television screen, but through static, but you could see the outline of these legs. It was incredible. And instead of standing there and and sort of saying to Carl, quick, the camera, Carl didn't know what was going on because he was at the other end. We all just turned around and ran because it was the most extraordinary sight to see And frightening because our brains couldn't compute what we were seeing. To see a pair of legs walking up some stairs towards you. I mean, I don't know if you could stand there and watch it, especially if you'd not been doing paranormal investigations for very long. Remember, this was the very first series that I'd ever done. uh, And so we were new to all of this. Um, It really was a frightening moment. And as I say, I will never forget it. Also, I saw along with two other members of the crew a stout man dressed in black walking across a corridor, walking away from us. We heard him first, and it was the sound of this sort of clanking noise, metal on metal, and we couldn't work out what it was. And then we looked and saw this man, and he was carrying loads of chains. It was bizarre. Well, I don't know what happened. I was overcome with bravery because we decided, let's find out who he is. And we ran after him and he disappeared. He disappeared into the darkness. He didn't go through a door. He didn't go through a wall. He didn't sort of, he just disappeared in front of our eyes. It was absolutely extraordinary. And and it's very strange because, as I said at the beginning, the only people in the whole building were us, were the, were the team. And it, was, it really, I mean, as you can hear in my voice, even now, it defies my log- logic. When I think about it, there is no explanation to who this man was. And it, it, it compounded the fact when we asked the manager um, the next morning of the theatre, and they told us that no one worked at the theatre with that description and certainly didn't have, they didn't have anybody walking around in the middle of the night carrying a load of chains. Um, I also told the manager of the theatre about the legs and the following morning, he, he thought this was marvellous. He showed me a photo that had been taken um, of the same staircase. And in it, you can clearly see the back of a man Wearing the same boots that we'd seen that night, as if he's walking up the stairs and he's got one hand on on the rail, and his hair at the back is is tied as if he's got sort of like a an old fashioned black bow in it. again, I describe it sort of like that that Dick Turpin style, and the fact that the man in grey has been described as wearing eighteenth century clothing does that fit with what we saw. Had we seen The Man in Grey? And I'm absolutely sure that we did. And how lucky I am. Another theatre that I enjoyed investigating was the Oldham Coliseum Theatre in Oldham, Manchester, United Kingdom. In 1885, the Oldham Coliseum was originally built as a circus and grew to become known as one of the northwest's finest Theatres and for many years it enjoyed entertaining audiences throughout the northwest of England. But as the popularity of plays and theatre waned and the cinema became hugely popular, that was the thing to go and watch. The theatre changed then into a cinema and was particularly popular during the 1930s. In its lifetime, the theatre had suffered drama and loss on and off the stage, and because of its history, it's held in high regard by the local community. Now, many acts and artists came and performed at the Coliseum, from Buffalo Bill's Wild West show to Fred Carno's Circus. And I didn't know this, but Stan Laurel and Charlie Chaplin began their career entertaining people in Fred Carno's Circus. So they were actually in this theatre. They performed there. Many other famous actors and entertainers have all performed in this theatre over many, many years. The ghost, though, of actor Harold Norman has been witnessed many times by staff and audience members. And you're thinking, who on earth Harold Norman? I know I did. Now, this ghost is usually seen sitting in the upper circle, staring intently at the stage watching all the plays and this is the sad thing Harold Norman died during his very first performance at the Coliseum he was stabbed in a sword fight and guess which play he was acting in yep you guessed it Macbeth he managed to crawl off the stage into the wings where he was treated by a theatre employee but weeks later sadly he died of blood poisoning Since then, the ghost of Harold Norman has been seen all over the theatre, but as I said earlier, particularly in the upper circle. Now, poltergeist activity is prevalent in the bar area, furniture moves on its own, and the sounds of glasses clinking and people chattering, having a good time, have been witnessed many, many times when there's nobody in the bar at all. Now, is this just memories being played out, stone tape theory for everyone to witness, or is there a ghost enjoying having a bit of a laugh. Under the stage, staff members see dark shadows moving around and many of them feel very, very apprehensive about going down there on their own. Also, the image of a spectre wearing a black Victorian gown has been witnessed walking through the wall and then appearing again into the wardrobe room. Now, her image is always accompanied by the sound of very, heavy footsteps Carl Paulson uh, he died in 1959 and he worked as a a general dog's body really if you like in the theatre but he also played women on the stage on many occasions and many people believe that the woman seen in a Victorian dress and hearing those very heavy booted footsteps could be the ghost of actor Carl Paulson During my investigation, we managed to film a seat moving on its own, as if somebody had literally pulled the seat down to sit in it and watch a show. This same phenomenon did occur at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane. We put the seat moving on its own down to the ghost of Harold Norman, and we managed to capture several orbs on our cameras, only when asked for, though. I remember trying table tipping for the very first time. I was very nervous about it. And even though the table didn't move, which was a bit disappointing, I remember my hands felt like they were on fire, which was really strange. I loved investigating these theatres and I hope to continue to investigate many, many more. I want to revisit this topic of haunted theatres as I just scratched the surface Nothing, though, will ever beat my first experience inside the world's most haunted theatre and that of the Theatre Royal, Drury Lane. Next time you go to see a musical or play, keep an eye out for shadowy presences in the wings. This week's story is from Lizzie, who recounts her strange paranormal experiences as a child.
3: In around 1995, my parents lived in Blakely in North Manchester and one day their neighbour knocked on the door. He was wearing a white bathrobe he was short of breath, and he kept clutching at his chest. He asked my mum to ring an ambulance for him, and she did, and she sat him on the bottom of the stairs, next to the front door, while they waited. Sadly, however, the man's condition quickly got worse, and he passed away at the bottom of the stairs, before the ambulance got there. They later found out that he'd had multiple heart attacks. So I was born in 1997, so all of this happened before I was born. And I was around three years old, when one day I was upstairs with my mum, and she asked me to go downstairs to my dad, but I refused. Something that was completely out of character. I kept insisting that I was scared of the man in the robe on the stairs. I said repeatedly that he wasn't well and that he was scaring me. Now, of course, I was far too young to have been told about the incident, and my mum was absolutely terrified by what I was saying. On another occasion, I remember my grandma, who died when I was 18 months old, coming to visit me while I was in bed. I was five years old at the time, and I remember so clearly what she looked like. She was sitting on the end of my bed, wearing a white top with a lavender cardigan on top, and her red curly hair was loose on her shoulders. I don't remember what she said to me, but I do remember announcing at a family meal that she had visited me, much to my family's shock, horror and disbelief, especially when I described her outfit which they said had always been one of her favourites. I find these experiences so interesting because, although I'm a believer in the paranormal now, since being about five years old, I've never witnessed anything like it. I have had a few experiences of hearing unexplained noises, witnessed things being moved around, and I have even since seen an apparition, but never anything as clear and as vivid as the experiences when I was a child, so I do certainly think that I was more susceptible to the paranormal when I was a child.
2: Wow. I love hearing these stories. And Lizzie, how extraordinary that you saw this gentleman. You actually witnessed his demise, as it were. I definitely don't think that this gentleman is trapped and he's having to relive his death over and over again. I think what you were seeing when you were a child that scared you so much, I mean, it would do, wouldn't it? I think you were seeing a memory You know how I love that sort of stone tape theory. And it is just a theory, but I do actually think there is something to it. And I think that's what you saw as a child. And I think you're more open to things, as we've already discussed, as a child. You know, you're not tainted, our mind your minds are clearer, and we have less traffic, as it were, in our brains when we're little. And almost like a kind of very clear, open telegraph signal, as it were, and ready to receive images and sounds, much more so than, than an adult. The older we get, I think we're our psychic side of us is is more blocked. But how extraordinary that you that you remember it so clearly. I think the fact that your grandma is- as well visiting you when you were five years old. is just so wonderful. And I know a lot of people report seeing a loved one and they'll often come and visit you in your bedroom, particularly when you're younger and they'll sit on the bed and just smile. I'd love to know though, can you remember if you saw if she was solid or was she slightly translucent? Please, please let me know. But how wonderful. And the fact that you described what she was wearing and then your parents said, oh, that was one of her favourite outfits. How wonderful is that? I think whenever loved ones come back and sit on your bed or come and talk to you or just show themselves, that's them saying to you, I'm all right. I'm fine. I'm happy. And I'm still here. I'm still here.
0: start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today
2: i'm absolutely delighted to have as my guest mark curry my friend my old blue peter presenting comrade but most importantly this man has tread hundreds of boards a wonderful actor and a wonderful friend mark curry welcome to the
4: podcast Hello, you mean trod, not tread? Oh, what you like?
2: What has trod tread the trod, boards? Trod the boards. You're quite right, and I'm a writer, you know.
4: <laughs> really?
2: She's treading the trod and the boards, hundreds of them.
4: You can always learn something from your old friend. Luke, you can't
2: certainly you? can, sweetheart. <laughs> now listen, I remember seeing you in so many theatre performances. I sort of a bit of a yeah. fan. Was I trekked to come and see you? But you, yes, you, like, you when Right. When I asked you, you go, did you come and see that one? And I go, yes, I was sitting right there in the front. <laughs> anyway, but the one of the performances that I came to see you in was in the West End and that was The Woman in Black, which to me was absolutely mm. fantastic. There were just two of you on the stage and it was just the most amazing performance and you actually scared me to death. And I won't yeah. spoil it for anybody that's never seen the theatre show, but you've got to go. But there's one part in that that I actually screamed out loud. It was, it was absolutely amazing. First of all, I'm a firm believer in that if you sort of push out an atmosphere of negativity and haunting and dark things, sometimes you actually create that atmosphere in that space. Whilst you were performing that particular play, did you experience anything of the paranormal nature in the theatre?
4: Well, it was, as you said, the most scariest experience theatrically. Mm. And I remember when I was offered it and I hadn't seen it and the producer said to me, you're going to be very scared when you see this show. And I said, look, I've been around a long time. I've seen lots of thrillers on stage. Nothing's ever really scared me because I'm always thinking as a professional actor, ooh, what's she wearing and what's he doing and all that. He said, trust me, you're going to get lost in the horror of this play and he was absolutely right exactly what you said i remember going to see it and there's a moment in the play well there are a few moments in the play that are scary but there's one more i mean you don't want to spoil it for people do you But no. i just thought wow yes i've got to do it but when i agreed to do it and we started learning it i was so spooked out by this by the the story that when i was learning my lines because sometimes when you're learning your lines you read the script just before you're going to sleep because it will sink into your brain. Mm. And I couldn't bear to have the script anywhere near me when I was sleeping. I used to <laughs> really? go out and put the script on the landing in my house and leave a light on out there. I know this sounds ridiculous, but it was so, I was really engrossed in it. It was because it's a truly terrifying story. Yes. This, the yeah. ghost, the woman in black, is a, a malevolent ghost. She is absolutely full of evil. She wants to get back at people. And it really got me, and the actress that we used as the ghost was very what we call method, so she never spoke backstage, she didn't join in all the hilarity that goes on backstage. She would walk into her dressing room, she'd get ready, she'd appear looking really freaky. Corrible, and yeah. that added to it as well, and every night I had to walk up these stairs and she'd be standing there looking at me and just giving me this evil look and... Oh. And I got very terrified and I used to say to the stage door, please, can you not, between matinee and evening show, can you not lock the door into the street? Because if you lock the door, it means I've got to cross the stage to get out of the theatre to go for my Ah. food between shows. And sometimes she'd say, well, I've got to go quickly, so I've got to lock the door. So I'd have to walk down the stairs and then across the stage that, that had the set of The Woman in Black. And I used to belt across the, across the stage and down the stairs and then up the, up the aisle of the theatre and out because I was so scared. So it absolutely did get to me because I got a vivid imagination, as you know. And it was terrifying. Yeah. Nothing nothing scary happened to me in that in that show. The theatre is a little bit scary. It's the Fortune Theatre. And I remember that my dressing room overlooked what used to be the plague pit in London. Wow! Just just outside jury Lane there, and somebody told me that, and I, th- I said, "Oh, thanks for that." Said, that that <laughs> makes it even more horrific to do this show, you know. Yeah. And it was nine months of yeah, pure pure terror. So, but nothing nothing scary happened to me in that particular show. No.
2: Well, apart from being scared watching it, I remember coming to see you backstage, and I went down the staircase, and it's so great that you mentioned that the actress that played the ghost used to stand in the staircase because.
4: I went, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah, I walked, that's where she used w- to stand. I walked like down
2: that. the stairs, but what made me, I jumped at first and then I realised that she was having a fag. And, then, <laughs> and yes. I, felt, I felt a little bit better and I went, I thought you were marvellous, but she never said a word. She never said a word, just carried no. on smoking. And I thought, oh my God, yeah. the, oh wow, the heart was in the mouth.
4: Totally, totally in it. But, you know, like exactly what you said, I, I, I did worry about being part yes. of something that was so that was so scary because you you put so much energy into it. And I just very quickly, I just spoke to another couple of actors who'd been in scary shows and I said, how do you cope? I said, because normally in a musical or a comedy, you walk off stage and you're on a high and you're, you're singing away and it takes you a long time. I used to actually walk off and be quite, really quite down because I had to give so much that yeah. kind of energy to it. The actors that I asked just said, you've just got to go straight out after the show. Try and meet some mates, go for Mm. dinner, go for a drink. Don't just get in your car and go home because you will get quite depressed doing it. And they were absolutely right in order to get rid of it, rid of this story to just go out and have a great time and talk about something else, you know. So it really takes you over something like that, you know. It's it's amazing. And there's always an energy in theatres.
2: Well, there is, and I was just going to ask you about that. Firstly, I was just going to say, you know, whenever I finish doing A Most Haunted, I have to watch Scooby-Doo or I put Mary Poppins on in the, yeah. in the car on the way home because you're quite right. You need to lift yourself out of it. So have All your and you've got loads of theatrical mates, you know, thespian friends. You must have heard of some spooky stories that they've told you that they've encountered something in the theatres.
4: Yes, quite, quite a few mates have said that they've they've seen something, and when it comes from somebody who normally is quite rational and would never talk about ghostly things or dramatic things, when it comes from somebody like that, you think, "Wow, maybe there's something in it." For instance. I do know that I did a comedy at the mill at Sonning, which is a converted 18th century flour mill down near Reading. It's beautiful. In a beautiful village yeah. called Sonning. George Clooney lives next door. It's, Does a, it's he? a beautiful place. Yes, he lives next door. I his, didn't his know that. Right if I'd known that this. when I visited yes. you,
2: I would have popped him for a cup of tea.
4: <laughs> well, I told him you were coming and he, and he <laughs> got his helicopter and disappeared. <laughs> um, he'd, heard, he'd heard the story. <laughs> There's supposed to be a ghost there. Who makes things disappear, as in things go missing mm. and lights go on. And the head of wardrobe there, the uh, costume designer, Natalie, has told me that. And again, she's a very rational person, you know, she's not dramatic and over the top. She says, honestly, Mark, things disappear from wardrobe. I will put a pair of trousers down and I go back and they've moved and then they turn up. So it's a very cheeky spirit or mm. ghost if it's there. And I've never seen anything there. I think it's a bit of a scary place because of the age of the place. So I've never enjoyed being the only person backstage and walking through to the bar. You go down a dark corridor there, and I always run (laughs) really fast to the bar because you can feel something, but I've never seen anything. But an actor I know who was in the show with me said to me, I mean, he looked terrified, he said, somebody's just come up to me and whispered in my ear and yeah. I can't actually tell you what he said because it was quite a disgusting thing and I looked at him and I said stop it he said and I could see by the way he was telling me this that he was you know he was he he'd genuinely heard he said I was just standing there about to go on nobody's with me and this is a comedy you know you can hear laughter he said and I heard this whisper and it was a female voice and I can't tell you what he said, but I
2: said, oh, you can go incredible.
4: on. No, I can't. I can't. It was awful. And um, oh, yeah, and on. he was Really? disturbed by it. I mean, the rest of the show. <laughs> well, it was some. It was some. No, it was. It was something. Oh, I can't. I can't remember. Just but it, hint it, to she, what she it could have been. It was. Well, it was a bit sexual, and she was swearing. What, like, I'm going to do you. Was something like that? Yeah, it was something like that. Right, yeah, okay. but she yeah. used the f word, and she really. Mm. And, and he said it was. He said I turned around. He said because I thought it was somebody on, on the crew. You know coming from him, I absolutely believed it. And I wanted it to happen to me, not particularly that, but I wanted wanted to see something. Yes. And the only other thing that ever happened was I performed at Brighton Theatre Royal, and I think that is a very spooky theatre. It's very old. And I did the show and I had my little dog then, a little Westie called mm. Charlie, and we had to go to the bar to meet all the friends of the theatre, and I left my phone in the dressing room. And I said to the girl behind the bar, I said, I've left my phone in the dressing room. Have I got to go walking right round the front of the theatre? She said, no, just go through that door there. That's a pass corridor that will take you back to where your dressing room is. And the door will open and then here's the code and all that stuff. So I went down there. Charlie, of course, the dog, wanted to come with me because he went everywhere with Mm. me. And he raced ahead of me and he stopped. And, you know, they always say that dogs can say something. Charlie stopped. And he looked back at me and then he looked forward again, started to growl, barked a couple of times. And I said, oh, come on, come on. And I kind of walked really fast to the dressing room, got my phone. And then again, I belted back through the corridor and I did really feel that something Mm. was in that corridor, but I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything. So whether or not it's just, you know, your mind goes into complete overdrive. There's an energy in the theatre after a show and it's a bit dark. I just, I just don't know what it is, but I definitely felt something in that particular theatre.
2: So why do you think theatres are so haunted then? Well,
4: they're very old places, aren't they, for a start? And there's always a story of an actor or actress who was there and didn't get cast in a show, so she got very upset. And there are lots of stories about actors throwing themselves off a balcony and committing suicide or getting trapped in a machine backstage. Every theatre's got a story like that. And it could have happened because you know we're talking about ancient theatres. Mm. Drury Lane is a very old theatre. There's supposed to be the man in grey.
2: Yeah, we just told my story of the man in grey and how I actually yeah. think I saw him when we investigated the theatre. It was just the most amazing experience I've one of in my in my life. And and I suppose you know you're absolutely right. There's all these amazing stories, but not only that. The weird thing is, and you must you must know this more than anybody, is that one minute, especially if you're going. To a comedy everybody's sitting there or a musical and they're clapping or they're laughing and then the next minute it's just silence and all those empty dark seats it's really creepy isn't it
4: but there's an energy you can feel that people have been there you know we all create energy and an audience having a great time or an audience collectively being scared like they are in woman in black or in a thriller they go out and that energy is still in the air it's 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 tangible i've Mm. never spent a whole night in a theatre i mean i'd love to do it we should do it sometimes we should just oh, go yeah, to, definitely like sonning or something and just stay in the in the auditorium and all the all the lights have got to be off because then you, your centers are, are heightened and just see what it's like bath <laughs> theatre royal a beautiful theatre that's supposed to be haunted and i don't know if you've heard of the butterfly no. that appears in bath and i this has happened to me twice a butterfly landed on my shoulder once in a panto when i was doing panto there and another time in a play and the stage door guy said to me, "That's really good luck. That is the spirit of." And there's a famous producer who used to work at Bath Theatre Royal, and they believe that the spirit is captured in this butterfly. Huh. And this but and I remember the audience. I th- in, in the play that I did, I remember the audience were laughing because this butterfly was just hovering around me, and I didn't Wouldn't see it. At the first you, they're laughing, and you think, you know, of a dumber flyers up. What is it? <laughs> and then it just landed on my shoulder there. And I thought, oh, this is lovely. You know, so it wasn't, it wasn't a terrible experience. It was, and I just thought, there's a but," And of course it could be that there's just a butterfly trapped. Of course it could be. And that would make sense. But when somebody then says to you, "Yeah," well, you realise that the spirit of the butterfly is this old producer who was there. And that's how you sort of start to wonder, don't you? You know, you think, because I kind of want there to be Spirits in theatres As long as it's a good Happy spirit Because so many actors Have been on In those dressing rooms And walked up the stairs. I always feel that Every time I'm on stage I think The thousands of actors Who've been on this stage And been in this dressing room And you know I I hope they're there And and I hope that you're with me In this show You know Wish me luck Because you've been there as well You know I think there's a great I always think that But I've never looked in the mirror And seen a face You know Apart from my own Which is pretty scary Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I know, but actors have said to me that they've done that. One actress once said to me that she was was making herself up in the mirror and over her shoulder she saw a face of, of a woman and this woman was in period costume and she was, you know, again she was, she wasn't hysterical about it she said yeah she said there was definitely somebody there so but it, that sort of thing has never happened but you know come on bring it on
2: you want it what would you do so say for instance the, the, the theatre at Drury Lane they've one of the ghosts there is Mr mm. Grimaldi you know who was this uh, the first clown as it were and apparently if he doesn't think that you're giving it your all on stage you will actually feel a kick up your bum and quite a few actors have <laughs> actually felt that so what do you think you would do you You've had a butterfly land on you. What do you think you'd do if you were there performing at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane and you felt this massive kick up your backside? What would you do? Well, darling,
4: I always give my all. I always <laughs> give my all. You know that.
2: So you'd never ever get a kick up your ass, would you? I'd be thrilled in a way.
4: I mean, I'd be, I'd be shocked. I'd be thrilled. I don't think I'd be scared. I'd be like, wow, there really is somebody here mm. who's who's with us and who's and who hopefully is really enjoying this experience with us, going through this experience with us. I don't know, but. If I was the last person backstage, as I'm, as I mainly am, because I take so long to faff around, and there was somebody in there, and the door was locked, or you heard something, then that would be that would be scary, wouldn't it? But really, what can happen? I mean, in fact, you've been in some incredible places with terrible histories and stories and things, and I just can't imagine how that feels when you when you know that the ghost who is trying to get to you is is a very evil spirit. I just don't know, but hopefully in theatres, the actors that are trapped there are all okay, you know, they're happy.
2: We've only ever had one. Yeah, I think it was, I can't remember which, there was a Gourmand theatre we investigated and it was all, it was such a shame because it it was a beautiful theatre and you could still see the sort of, you know, the old boxes and the beautiful mouldings and the ceiling and so on, but the rest of it was all caving in and we were stood on the upper circle, what, you know, was left of it, and we were being pelted, I mean, with heavy bricks and stuff narrowly missing us you know and apparently it was somebody that an old actor that that didn't like us being there and wanted us to leave and you're just like okay then that's fine so yes you do come across some very malevolent spirits a bit like your lady from the the woman in black that just wants wants revenge doesn't like anybody and you can really feel that energy as well so would you say that you are a screamer (laughs) <laughs> um,
4: I, would, I, would I scream if I saw some? well I would if I was with you because you'd be screaming the place down so you'd make me scream um, <laughs> I would I would definitely shout I would I would get I think I just would be amazed I think I'd be standing there going wow can you look at this hear this can... I just you just don't know do you but if you were, if, if somebody tapped you on your back or if somebody whispered yes. in your ear like oh, that story I told you about the actor I was with you just don't know how how you'd react. Sometimes, I mean, for no reason. Sometimes, in a theatre, you'll be waiting to go on, and you will be by yourself, and you feel uneasy. That has that has happened to me. Now I think about it, for some reason, you can't wait to get on stage and join the audience or join your fellow actors. You feel you feel a bit lonely backstage when there's nobody around. And that used to happen a lot in Woman in Black because it's a very
1: Mm. small
4: cast. There's only three people in the show. It's a small crew. It's dark. It's, you know, people screaming. I used to want to be on stage. I felt happier on stage than I did backstage, definitely. So sometimes there's been something like that, but nothing really shocking to make me scream or shout. You just don't know I think if somebody started pelting me with bricks I think I'd have a screen um, <laughs> I don't know I mean I would as I say I just I just would love I just would love to to experience it in a good way yeah. Just so I can honestly say, I really have seen something. Yeah,
2: we keep trying to organise it, but you're always busy doing So what's your next play? What are you moving on to? Where have you just come from? What have you just finished performing? And where are you going on well, to? Well, the last
4: thing I did was, I mean, it's been a weird time, hasn't it, for, yes, for everybody course. in, in yeah. theatre. And I was so lucky that I was able to do a play. From uh, May, well June actually, right through to middle October, and it was a, a really tiring play and everything. So I just took a break and I came. We've, we've got a place in Spain. I just came out to Spain and I'm relaxing, and and just now really things are starting to actually happen again. Things are starting to be planned for the spring because a lot of productions that were about to start they had to suddenly halt again because of mm. because of the latest pandemic but now it's looking like things are happening so things are coming in so hopefully spring summer you know i'll be i'll be back out there doing what I do it's been it's been a weird old time and and we've missed it tremendously you know you don't realize how much you miss it until it's taken away from you like everything in life eh?
2: that's so true well hopefully we'll be able to maybe go and see a spooky place together spend some time alone in the dark together before you start your next <laughs> performance in your in your in a play There's which would offer. be wonderful how could eh? I
4: refuse? but we'd be terrible together we just would <laughs> <laughs> it would be, <it'd> be appalling <laughs> it would be terrible We'd be in such a state I uh, okay, so okay I just don't ever want to be On my own Locked in a room or something I'll do it with somebody But on my own Yeah, no, but think
2: you I'll see Like when I do it With Paul O'Grady Paul O'Grady yeah. At least you're honest Paul O'Grady Oh, I'm to brave me No problem I'm in there No problem When the shit hits the fan He leaves me on my own And he runs out screaming So you mustn't do that We must stick together.
4: Listen, I still leave lights on in the house. I do. I've always done it. If I'm staying somewhere on my own, I leave lights on. The only time I ever really turn the lights on is if I'm in an hotel or a flat or something. I know there are people around. If I'm in a house on my own or on the road, you get digs and, you know, you'll go for a lovely historical cottage to stay in. By day, it looks wonderful. And at night, you go back there after the show and it's dark and sometimes it's cold in the winter. And I have all the lights on in the house. I really do. I've even put I've even put the telly on downstairs or the radio on low just so there's an noise. So
2: I, why do you want yeah, to come on one of with me? I don't understand it. It will wreck your mind. It will wreck your mind. No <laughs> you an experience. <laughs> I know, love. But when I finish with you, honestly, you'll be like, why did I ever agree? Why did I ever agree? You hate it. And with that, we'll leave it. And I will speak to you soon. I love you. And thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing you your too. wonderful stories. Love you lots.
4: It's a pleasure. You too, darling.
2: Thank you for listening to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding. Do you think your house is haunted? Let me know. We'll be back again next week. Stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please rate and review. We want to hear from you. So send in a question or an audio clip telling us your paranormal story to this address. It's paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. That's paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. We also have WhatsApp and you can send your voice notes into this number 07599927537. That's 075-999-27537. and we also have an Instagram page. Follow us on this address at Paranormal Activity Pod. It's at Paranormal Activity Pod, and remember, things aren't always as they seem.